Let's take the Word of God this morning and open to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. For all you to be in a place like this, going to do what we're going to do today, there's a lot of peradventures sitting in pews. Amen. A lot of peradventures. Thank you, Lord, for your peradventure toward us. Amen. To grant us repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Amen. And to be recovered out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. 2 Timothy chapter 2, the Apostle Paul writes his favorite ministerial student, Timothy, and gives him these instructions in the last three verses of 2 Timothy chapter 2. Timothy, and the servant of the Lord, must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. Amen, amen and amen. Verse 24, Paul tells Timothy how to conduct himself perfectly as a true minister of Jesus Christ. He is not to fight with men. He's to be gentle unto all men. He's to be apt to teach. That means he's supposed to put his emphasis on teaching. He's to be patient with men, and he's to be meek, not looking for any praise or glory himself, and he's to instruct those that oppose themselves. Now, if Timothy were to do all of that and to do it well, that doesn't mean success. Success is the result of what comes next, conditioned upon that if. If God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. We chose a lie in the Garden of Eden. No one else knows where death came from. We know where death came from because the Bible tells us where death came from. We know where life came from. We know where death came from. If we're able to evolve life over the last 60 billion, trillion, quadrillion years, they don't know the difference between quadrillion or billion. If we were able to evolve life from nothing, why haven't we got rid of death? Because we know where death came from, because we know where life came from, and life came from a creator God, and death came from a God that's a judge of this planet. And of all rational creatures that he's created, and we chose a lie in the Garden of Eden, and the consequences of it are all around us. No matter what we eat, no matter what doctors we go to, no matter what we learn, no matter changes in lifestyle, we're going to die. And that's the truth of the matter. But they can't acknowledge it. They can't accept it. Because they've got a lie in their right hand and they can't let go. Whatever lie they've chosen, whether it be the lie of Buddha, the lie of Vishnu and Brahma and the other Hindu gods, the lie of the Great Spirit, the lie of Allah and Muhammad, or the lie of evolution, it doesn't matter. they got a lie in their right hand they can't let go. That's what we read last night. In Isaiah chapter 44, verses 9 through 20. And listen, brethren, there's a woman that comes out to the well of Jacob at the city of Sychar and meets the Lord Jesus Christ. And she's in a religion a whole lot closer to the truth 
than the ones that I just mentioned. But Jesus is going to say to her, you don't know what you're worshiping. You and your city, your culture, your nation, your religious tradition, your priests, your elders, your parents, and your granddaddy did not know what they were worshiping. Because she had a lie in her right hand. It was called the farce of Mount Gerizim, which we're going to look at today. And that she couldn't let go. Until the Lord grants repentance, then we all let go. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. And so we have these verses telling us the beauty and the benefit and the blessing and the benevolence of God for us to believe truth, reality, to believe reality, to believe the facts, to believe what is certain, to believe what is absolute, to believe that which will certainly come to pass, what has passed. Thank you, Lord. The serve of the Lord, no matter what he does, in verse 24, nothing's going to work unless God gives repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And God has changed us or we wouldn't be here. I would not be here. I tried not to be here in numerous different ways, in, new, in different times, in my 60 years. But I'm here by the grace of God, Amen. saving me from the devil and his lie and the lies I believed myself, the delusions of this world, to believe and embrace the truth. And not only to believe it, but to love it. And I hope you love it with me. Amen. In meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. You listen to them for more than five minutes and they'll contradict themselves coming and going. Because they don't have truth. They don't have certainty about anything. It's all speculation, hallucination, and they're guessing. They oppose themselves. And we would be opposing ourselves. I would say, when I was a late teenager, I'd say, if you pushed me, yes, there's a God, but I was going to do what I wanted to do, and that was the opposing myself by saying there's a God on one hand, and if he's a God, he deserves everything I can give him, and yet I wanted to live my own life, opposing ourselves, and until God gives us repentance, we'll keep opposing ourselves. There's two things needed, and they're called the two R's. They're repentance and revelation. Repentance is God changing us, Revelation is what, is what God has to bring us. And it takes the two of them for us to learn truth. Repentance doesn't teach us truth. We have to be instructed. It says in verse 25, in meekness, instructing. It says in verse 24, apt to teach. Because we've got to have revelation from God of the truth. It's got to be brought to us. And God chose to put some of it in writing and for this book that's in writing to be preached verbally and audibly by ministers that he chose to put, send to his people. So we need those two things. And if those two things are in place, we can learn, we can prosper, we can be delivered from the snare of the devil and being taken captive by him at his will. Amen. He has graciously, mercifully, benevolently blessed us to be here today. He's given us repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And he's going to show us truth. He's going to show us some truth about Mount Gerizim and the 777 Samaritans that still live in the world. And the errors that they have for accepting the first five books of the Bible, and that's it. The Pentateuch of Moses is all that they will accept and practice. And they think that their holy mountain preceded the holy mountain of Mount Zion. They think that their religion is more ancient than the Jews' religion. 
So much error was in the hand of the woman of Samaria, and it's still there in a small group that are left of those blinded Assyrians, half-breeds, and we'll talk about them today. But thank you, Lord, for saving us. Where did your ancestors worship? Now, I just picked on the Assyrians on Mount Gerizim a little bit, but where did your ancestors worship? Do you know how far back I have to go to find a devil worshiper? Two generations. My paternal grandfather worshiped the devil. I thank God that he gave him repentance to the acknowledging of the truth in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that my father, who's sitting in here today, was born two years later in 1930, and that I was born to him and was taught the truth. And so when I say, my fathers, I refer to a completely different form of religion than my grandfather would have said. All by the grace of God. And I tried my best to run away from it. Thank you, Lord, for hedging us not only from evil on the outside trying to get to us, but hedging us in so that we can't get out at times. Make us to go in the way of your commandments and we'll praise your holy name. Let us pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Great and glorious God, we ask that today you'll pour out your Spirit upon us, that the mighty Spirit of God that moved upon the face of the waters in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2 will move mightily in our hearts and move mightily in our minds and will humble us and grant us full repentance and grant any here that have no repentance yet to have it, to humble themselves to the truth of your revelation. We thank thee for both. We thank thee, Lord, for the peradventures sitting in these pews. We thank thee for the work that you have worked in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. And we pray that you will bless us by your mighty spirit that we will work out our salvation with fear and trembling this day. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the word of God, our King James Bibles. From 1611, 405 years old, Lord, we thank you for the fruit that they've borne throughout the earth. We thank you for the spiritual conversions that have resulted from this Bible version. We thank you for these words in which we can put our trust as the greatest written document on earth revealing your will for our lives. The only document on earth to reveal your will for us. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the repentance to believe the revelation, and we're thankful for the revelation of truth and your will for us. Oh, Lord, now be with us today. We have flesh clinging to our spirits and our hearts and minds. Our flesh has a principle of evil in it yet, O Lord. Thou knowest all things. And like as a father pitieth his children, so you pity them that fear thee. You remember our frame that we are dust. Heavenly Father, I beg thee that you'll deliver us from that flesh that would pull us down and distract us, deceive us, and lie to us that we would embrace the truth today and that we would put the flesh down by your mighty power. Forgive us our sinfulness. Forgive us our stupidity. Forgive us our love of the world. Forgive us our love of toys, our love of fun, our love of pleasure, when we allow it to compete with thee and to crowd out our love of thee and our searching for truth. Forgive us 
our sins of commission and our sins of omission. Heavenly Father, we pray for all your churches of saints throughout the world in every place that you'll be with them, that you'll bless them, and that you'll grant them a great measure of your spirit as well. We thank thee for this gift of the Holy Ghost made possible by the death, resurrection, ascension, and glorification of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee for our nation. We live in the greatest nation on earth. We live in the greatest nation of history that we can read about. We thank you for all the opportunities and privileges in it. But, O Lord, we confess the sins of this nation, for it has turned its back on thee, and even the lip service that it once gave thee, there is so little left. We pray that you'll preserve it for the sake of our children and our children's children. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for this assembly and for our brothers and sisters of like precious faith. Be with us now. Unite our hearts individually that they will not be divided nor distracted and that you will unite our hearts together as a congregation that with one mind, one heart, one mouth, we might glorify and praise thee. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.